squishied it. Hello, squishies. Hello, squishies. Welcome to the Squishcast. I am Unviv. And I am Andrew. Good news, Viv. Yes. I don't have COVID anymore. That's the best. Though I do still have some lingering issues like my energy levels. Oh, that's the worst. But it's summer now and it's warm. That's the best. Though sometimes it's too hot. Oh, that's the worst. However, after the summer, there are some amazing games coming out. That's the best. But maybe some of them will be bad. Oh, that's the worst. Hey, you keep saying things are the best and worst. That gives me an idea. That's the best. Bonjour, Viv. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Um. So, what have you been playing? I have been playing a game that you've already played, Andrew. Uh, okay. And now we both have the plat for it, uh, <laughs> which is a a really uh, beautiful and cute and puzzly and deep and emotional game called Call of the Sea. It's a game uh, where you play as a character called Nora uh, who is looking for her husband who had gone out uh, the year before to look for a cure for a disease that she has and she ends up sort of uh, tracking him and following uh, you know some of his footsteps and solving puzzles to try and figure out what's happened to, to him, and 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 that's really the game. Like you, this puzzle central. I was I was really really happy. I've been missing um, a really good puzzle game in my life, and I feel like that that ticked all of my boxes. And it's a game. Well, I've I've managed to play a game from start to finish, which seems like a feat for me right now, considering uh, I haven't been able to so much um and but i also did get the plat for it eventually after it stopped glitching on some of the the little the journal entries that i needed to get for the plat but um but once it stopped doing yeah. that i also got a platy plat you you said that you had the same thing that i did where uh, there's uh, trophies for getting all of the notes yeah um but mine for both of those trophies mine uh, popped one item early sure. yeah yeah it's the <laughs> it's one of the constellation puzzles you're supposed to have like f i think four around the main one and mine popped at three or something like that yeah. which i was like mm, i mean i still want to get the last one because there's a there's a bit of the the journal missing but um yeah. but yeah and then even when it well it glitched and i had to just like switch it off and then even when i went back in you had to go at it at a very specific angle very very close to for it to even register but other than that i really really enjoyed that game um it's really cute there's not um any shooting or fighting which i kind of wanted yeah i was kind of craving a game like that where there was adventure but there wasn't anything necessarily there was a shooty bangs or uh, anything like that for me to have to do but it still gave me all the adventure and then um and gave me the puzzles which is what I was looking for. Yeah, it was nice to um to come to a game after we talked about it on on a, on a uh, previous podcast as something we were looking the, forward yeah, to coming to out, actually yeah. play it and really enjoy it. Uh, so you also got uh, the uh, physical version of it that came with things. I did, I did. Oh, my, it's 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 really great. Um, 
uh, I especially really liked the ticket, the boat ticket that Me you too. get with it. I just like I like all the other things. I love the postcard stuff and um, you know just the case and everything is very very beautiful. But I just really enjoyed the ticket. I think that's such a personal thing. I think a lot of games can come with soundtracks and art books and things, which are always you know really really great. Um, but you know this particular thing is only it really is only relevant to this game and I really appreciate that yeah which um, reminds me makes me think um, uh, you know that I actually I think everyone probably knows if they saw it on social media that I recently bought um, or ordered a physical copy of Grim Fandango yes you did that um, I'm 8-bit had made years ago had sold out and they just found some more copies down the back of the sofa I'm like hey they, we found like the last bunch of them put one sale and I'd always wanted to get a the physical copy for uh, PS4 because I had a PC back in the back when it came out uh, and that has the uh, the golden ticket from from the game as oh, a physical my item as well gosh that's amazing that's yeah. so good and um, uh, you remember in the game when uh, in year two when Manny's uh, running a casino. Yeah. Uh, there's a little matchbook from the casino as well. Um, oh, that's that you, really that you good. Get with it. Yeah. See, so. th those are the things. Those are the things that I really appreciate. Um, yeah. When it's just doesn't you know, it's it's about the just the game, like specific specific bit in the game. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a uh, a two hundred pound statue. Maybe yeah. just you know, just just a little a little ticket. Was... I mean, even in that. Um, uh, Call to the Sea. I like the um, picture that you have of Nora and her husband, yeah. and like f finding that same picture in the game. I was like, "That's the picture." Yeah, that I've, I've got that. I really enjoyed it. I only have one complaint about Call of the Sea in that mm -hmm. everything was really great except for one puzzle that I think was a little bit too far fetched. There wasn't really. Uh, I didn't find it exciting to try and find out what it was, and even when I solved it, it was really by accident. And it's the same puzzle that when you solved it, it was also a bit like, oh, you sort of understood it, but not really. Even looking at the puzzle already done with the answers, I do not understand that puzzle. Is that the one that you what that you were? I watched you playing? do this one, and I still didn't understand it. Yeah, I eventually got that. See, uh, for me, the one I didn't understand was the uh, organ by the. By the uh, wrecked ship, just yeah, made no sense to me, uh, and it's the only puzzle in the game that I ended up having to look up. And even looking it up and following the guide, I was like, I don't know why any of this makes sense to someone. Other than that, the game was great, and I recommend it a lot. It is beautiful uh, and dark at the same time, and puzzly, and a, just a really incredible story. Um, and you are presented with a choice at the very end of the game, and I wasn't expecting that for some no, reason me because there was no, there was no, uh, n it wasn't a choice-based game. Um, it was, you know, you go over here, you find the things, you solve the puzzles, you know, you do all of this stuff, you smashing your nose against everything um, to try and find the answer. Did not expect to have to make a decision at the end. I had to pause the game for a bit. As you know, that's <laughs> a lie. It was that I paused a bit. I paused it before. It was quite an easy decision for me, in the end. But um, but I just wasn't expecting it. It was um, it was a great, a really great addition to the yeah. very end of the game, uh, which kept it exciting to me until the very end. 
Anyway, you should check this game out. It's available on Windows, uh, Xbox One, Xbox, Xbox Series X and S, <laughs> and on uh, PlayStation 4 and 5. So it's very widely available. I really highly recommend if you're looking for a great uh, puzzle game. What about you, Andrew? What have you been playing? Well, I want to hear from you one more time before we go on to me, because you played one other thing that I recommended to you as a demo. Ah, after, yes, I did. After the after the summer game fest, where there was a trailer for this, and they were like, "Hey, the demo is available now," and I was like, "This looks the most Viv game that <laughs> I've seen in a while," and I just sent you like, "Download this. It sounds like your sort of thing." So yeah. I'd like to hear you talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so the demo is called uh, Metal Hellsinger. Uh, it was maybe like like a half an hour demo. Um, maybe a little bit longer, depending on how long it takes for you to get it. Um, and it is a mixture. I would describe it as a mixture of uh, Doom, the gameplay of Doom, where you are uh, sort of... Uh, 2016, you mean? 2016. Like new, I mean, yeah. but as in like even Eternal, as in like the, yeah. the games, the game style of um, having to always keep moving and shooting, um, and like pistol whip, um, because you have okay. to uh, do things like you get bonus. You can you could you could just go around shooting things, but the main aim of the game is that you have to go around shooting all these things. <laughs> But you have to stay on beat, and you get sort of power-ups, and you become stronger the longer you can do it. Um, and there's this option as well, similarly to Doom 2016 and Eternal, where when you've shot a demon for long enough, it starts glowing, and you can sort of like go to it and rip it apart. And you cannot press that button to do the quick kill if you're off-beat. So the button almost pulsates on the beat and if you miss it it just goes away and okay. the demon is back on its feet and you just need to shoot it dead um, and it's it's really great it's just very fast paced it's quite intense it took me quite a while to get used to it it can be a little bit frustrating but once you have the hang of stuff it's really really great it doesn't it didn't overload me with information it was just like here is a sword and then later it was like oh here is a gun uh, but it did that throughout the levels um, so I could I could spend some time getting used to it but it was really great, it was really fun it's like Doom and Pistol Whip but with like rock music it's like rip and tear <laughs> yeah, it's uh, all like, the way um, through it's all, it's all heavy metal isn't it Like, yeah. uh, but like famous heavy metal yeah. artists which, which I must say that some some of this heavy metal when you're trying to play a game that relies on you having musicality some heavy metal is quite special <laughs> uh, so there, I remember there was one track that came on that I was like I do not know what the heckings is going on there are uh, on screen markers for the beat which I assume is uh, possibly going to be part of the accessibility features as well Yeah. Um, but so I was sort of using that because it was incomprehensible to be honest uh, but uh, but it was really great. I I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to come out on the 13th of November. Uh, it will be available on PlayStation 4 and 5, and Xbox 
and Microsoft, so you'll have also Steam access to the game. So okay. actually, it's going to be really widely available. Was there any haptics? Did they, there was the beat in the haptics in the, in the controller? Uh oh, uh, that is a very good question. I didn't. If there was haptics, they weren't very prominent. Uh, okay. I'm hoping that because that seems like yeah, that seems like it would be another good accessibility thing. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Actually, if it's like, I wonder if it's something you'll be able to turn on when you have the full game. Because actually, if you yeah. are not able to hear the music, turning something on that gives you a, a signal of the yeah, beat like being be able great. to being yeah, being able to see that beat on screen and being able to feel it in your hands. Yeah, um, might be a really good way of still being able to enjoy that game. Because yeah, to, like not being able to hear the music. You wouldn't really be able to play that game. What about you, Andrew? Tell me, tell us what you've been playing. Well, I I have played a bunch of terrible games naturally uh, yeah. recently, but we'll come back to those some other day. But I've really I've been been playing a bunch of small games. Obviously, I played uh, also played Call of the Sea. But yeah, I played a I played a few smaller games. So I played a game called uh, Memoranda, which is kind of a point and click game. Yeah, a little disappointing. Um, it's beautiful. Like I really like the art style, um, but I didn't find it always particularly logical right okay um like i whenever when we did the the point and click conversation whenever i talk about them and i've talked to you and tried to sell you on the idea of playing more of them i always talk about the ones where it doesn't tell you what to do but what the script is informs your uh problem solving yeah so they'll say something you're like oh that means okay i can yeah, I, I mean, we've had it when you're we've saying. played it on stream where we go, you said something and it's a clue and you go, oh my god, didn't somebody say something about this? Yeah. yeah. Really, yeah. Um, so some of these were just like, how how did you want me to get to this to this point? I'm, I'm uh, right, okay. sure. Sure, we're here now. So it did it did end up being one of those just do everything with everything kind of games and I, I'm not a big fan of those because you don't feel like you solve a puzzle. Yeah. You just like just brute forcing your way through things isn't isn't the most fun, um, but yeah, it's pretty enough. Um, I played a game called Pinstripe, uh, which did. is like a little puzzle platformer thing. Doesn't have a plat, but I, and I was three trophies away from a hundred percent, and I could go back and play it again, but I did already play it twice. Fair. Um, so I probably won't play it for third time for a while. Yeah, because uh, it was although on the, I actually it was on a sale, wasn't it? Because I just I bought yeah. it. I'd actually have to play it four times to get the to get 100%. Um, fair, that's just, quite a lot. Just because the way I played it first time. Yeah, fair. Um, I guess so uh, it's not but, a very long game, is it? No, not, not particularly. Certainly if, you just, if, you, uh, if you're playing it the second time and you're not actually paying attention to any of the dialogue and you're just skipping through it all. Yeah, puzzle platformy kind of a thing. Your daughter gets kidnapped by the villain Pinstripe and you just set off on a weird adventure with weird people doing weird stuff to save her. Um, and I kept sending you screenshots because everyone was weird and kept saying weird things and I was like, I think this will make Viv laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's um, great. So I, so I kept doing that. I played a game called uh, Behind the Frame that yep. came out recently. Uh, first game from a Taiwanese dev studio about a painter uh, and she is uh, just finishing off some paintings and trying to get uh, into a gallery and there's a, a neighbour next door who has a cat and the stories are all kind of linked up so you have to do um, you don't have you can't free paint uh, so you have a, a picture that shows you what the painting is and which colours go in which areas and then right, you just yeah. fill those in so you don't have full creative control over the paintings 
But um, yeah, I just I thought it was cute. You were listening to me as I was playing it. We were in a chat together, but not we were playing different games at yeah. the time. Um, and then you heard me cry for a bit because the did. Uh, because the game kind of took took me by surprise and I wasn't prepared for it. And I was kind of <laughs> I was tired and still a bit covety at the time. Yeah, yeah, um, good cry. And, and then it just sort of it shocked me. So I did that. And finally, very recently, I played Rhyme. Yeah, uh, which did. I had I had started. <laughs> it's the longest time between finishing the first chapter of a game and then finishing the chapter of four four years and two months between wow. completing <laughs> chapters. Uh, I did start it again when I played it again. Oh, yeah, I started it four years ago, and for a bunch of personal reasons, sort of had quite negative feelings towards or surrounding that game. But after chatting to you. Uh, for a while about it I decided just to get over myself and then restarted the game and uh, yeah I just rhymes lovely it's not it's not it's not the most it's not the best written game it's not the best puzzles in a game but there's something so charming about the way it functions and about the discovery in fact like because I ended up going for the plat so I did play it through twice and actually I I liked seeing that the story is all there and that you don't necessarily get it the first time and that right, you can yeah. go back and you can go oh you actually pick up on the things that the game was trying to tell you about the story because right, it yeah. is one of those ones where it just seems a bit stuff is happening you're like why is any of this right why, yeah. you feel like why could any of this be existing without actually being clear but you put it all together and it does make a whole story and I kind of I, I liked it um, oh that's good quite, that's great I thought it was quite charming and you get a fox friend for the game uh, yeah I need uh, to play it I want fox friend so yeah it's just been a bunch of small games um, I don't I don't necessarily know why maybe it was because um, Ghostwire Tokyo took up most of most of the month while I was ill um, yeah fair and I just wanted just wanted to play a bunch of small cute bright colourful lovely things Right, well, that's what we've been playing. That is what we've been playing. That's not the song, Viv, do the song. And that's what we've been playing. (laughs) Viv! Andrew. So you were born in the olden days of 1993. I did, yeah. I was 11. So at the time, for me... Everything was all about the PC. PC was king. But in consoles, the Super Nintendo ruled overall. The 3DO was a few months away and the Sega Saturn was a year away. For all those devices, they actually released video games. <laughs> Can you believe it? Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because it could go either way. <laughs> yeah, really good. So I wondered what the best and worst games were of 1993, the year of your birth, and whether any of them are as fondly remembered as the Super Nintendo, or caused you to scrunch up your face in bewilderment like when I just mentioned the 3DO. Yep. Yeah, you absolutely... I, abs- I, I can picture no your face. Clue. Yeah. No. Uh, and I won't explain it. So, shall we find <laughs> out? Yeah, let's go already. Um, uh, just, just some caveats so we don't get comments from people um it's obviously hard to find exact data from nearly 30 year old games so i've done the best that i can in the short amount of time i was willing to commit to this endeavor (laughs) yeah Uh, metacritic doesn't have any review data from back then right uh i was 
able to find uh, some information using the Wayback Machine for uh, for game rankings because they used to, and then they were obviously replaced by uh, Metacritic. But all of that stuff's pretty much gone. I even did some gosh darn maths for this. Wow, that's cool. so yeah. Uh, where possible, I've tried to use reviews from 1993 or as near to release as possible, as I think the opinions of the time are more interesting than how the game has been perceived through the glasses of time. Yeah, because we're very spoiled now, so looking at it now, yeah. we might turn up our nose where there's, you know, it's yeah. what you just talk about. At the time it comes out, some of these games are just yeah. uh, awe-inspiring. Yeah, or if it's the first game in a series that maybe the first game wasn't good, but it was sold enough to get a second, and then yeah. the second and third and all, like it, it boomed after that. Like, it's just an example. Like retrospectively, people are like, well, it wasn't the best, but oh my god, it spawned a series, so it's the best game ever. So yeah, I, I try to have what people thought at the time. Some of the reviews are from non-English publications. Uh, so with a bit of technical know-how, I've had them shat out by Google Translate <laughs> into English. And they shall be read exactly as Google thinks they were written. <laughs> okay. Okay. I can't wait. I'm especially you... I'm especially ready for this. <laughs> okay. Are you are you ready for the fifth worst game, maybe, of nineteen ninety three? I'm so ready. It was a game called Napoleonics and it came out on the Amiga. And it was an a st- yeah. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, zero, see, that, Andrew. I, I know, was zero. That's, but, no, but that's the thing. Like going into this, not even the Amiga to you. And like, I mean, obviously there are going to be people from around that from 1993 that are like fully into like uh, retro consoles and stuff that will know the Amiga. But like, if it's not like you know what the Super Nintendo is, like yeah, Super, I feel like, like that you, was sort of shoved on me though. But I don't know what an Amiga. Amiga to me, that's yeah, translated like, from Portuguese means friend. Cool, it probably is that. But even something like like you know what a Sega system is. Like you might not know, you might not be able to picture a Sega Saturn, but you know what a Sega console is. You know yeah. the name Sega. So the idea that like to you the 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 name Amiga has just has lost. In, in time, that's quite it, sad. Also, I, could, I should also say that I actually know what a Sega Saturn looks like. I, I don't have a, a like a clue what an Amiga is. Yeah, that's fair. It could be, yeah. I, I feel like we had an Amiga at some point um, in the 80s, but maybe, I, um, maybe I'm misremembering that. But somebody in our family had an Amiga. I feel, I feel like I can remember the, um, the rubber buttons on the, um, on the keyboard. Was there an Amiga at the retro area in EGX? Yeah, I think so. It looks like a like a giant keyboard with like a like a really fat bit at the back. Uh, no, it, I don't. If I remember correctly, I don't think the Amigas predominantly didn't sell with the monitor. If it's no, the no, one no that monitor, I got... like uh, just okay. the. Uh, I remember seeing something janky. like a like a like a white old looking keyboard, oh, and it had yeah. like an extension at the top with some lines on it. Or was that Commodore? Yeah. Uh, it could have been the Commodore, the Amiga and Commodore. Um, yeah, the relatively. Maybe we'll but... post some pictures in the Discord for everyone's yes. education, including yes. my own. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So the fifth worst game is probably uh, Napoleonics. Uh, I haven't done any uh, numbers, percentages, or whatever of this because yeah, uh, it's who who the heckings knows if any of this is right. Again, it's thirty years, but it's roughly. So, uh, Napoleonics was a strategy game released in nineteen ninety three by uh, Doctor Peter Turkin, 
based on three battles. Um, which I <laughs> wrote down but haven't read out loud before. So here goes saying Austerlitz, Borodino and Waterloo. <laughs> Borodino is my favourite. Borodino. Borodino. I think I did those absolutely perfectly. Um, uh, if it helps, I had no idea about this game. I've never heard of this game. Uh, and even looking at screenshots of it, I was like, the fuck is this? Good, 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 good. Um, yeah, I mean, also, I don't, I don't play strategy games. Have you ever played a strategy game? I would need some examples. It's likely that I will have played. Have you ever he have yeah. you ever heard of the Total War series? Mm, no. So a strategy game would just uh, it's going to unhelpfully say it sounds it sounds exactly as it is. So you're in command of a uh, an army, as it were. And you have to strategize where you send where you send, send your, your troops. troops. Who, yeah, who, I've played a version of it. There's sort of things that are available on uh, like uh, App Store. You can you can get some strategy games. Yeah. I have tried it yeah, before, yeah, yeah. and then you need to build up your defenses. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, they sort of um, mutated into the RTS series, the real-time strategy uh, genre uh, that came quite popular in the late 80s and 90s with things like Command and Conquer um, right, yeah. although uh, but the, the RTS kind of dates back to Dune the book slash movie that, right, that yeah. we saw that you were like holy shit how is this just Star Wars how have they got away with this and like Star Wars stole everything off of this uh, they did a, a strategy game based on Dune where you have to uh, run all the spice stuff on ah on the planet, yeah, and it sort of basically launched the RTS genre. It was like really influential on, on the industry. Nice. I kind of forgotten, um, but the the new June game that they announced will basically be the, that same thing again. Nice. Uh, would you like to hear some reviews? I would love to hear some reviews. So the best review came from Amiga Action. I'm going to assume magazine because 1993, and they said, "At the heart of Napoleonics lie three engrossing and challenging war games." That will keep diehards busy for months. It looks dreadful, though, uh, and makes hardly any effort to draw a new player into the action. Uh, okay. So, slightly <laughs> damning praise. Okay. Like, yeah, it's it's uh, it's not it's it's engrossing. Looks dreadful, though. Wow. So okay. that's okay. that's quite fun. <laughs> uh, and the worst review uh, came from Amiga Force magazine, and it said. Peter Turkin is an excellent historian, researcher, and obviously knows how to design war games. However, if he worked with a decent programmer, these games could be blinding. But shame, really, isn't it? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing that I've For learned shame. during this whole, this whole process, and, like, this is tame, is that, like, old video game magazine reviews were... Like more so than what we went through in the uh, an episode two episodes ago when we did when you did the video game reviews of Wild. Like old video game reviews are fucking insane at times. Yeah. 
shame really, there is, isn't it? Yeah, there are some there are some treats. I also uh, I just want to point out that the, it's the con- a consoles magazine that's saying this about a game that they're putting on their own. No, console. no, 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 no. It, no, it'll be a magazine dedicated to Amiga things. It, pro- it won't be the, right, the official okay. Amiga magazine. That's yeah. good because I was going to say really. <laughs> <It's pretty laughs> brutal. No, I I don't think any of these come from uh, official magazines right, for okay. those. Although uh, some official magazines have been brutally honest. Uh, games in the past. Yes, and Napoleonics has not stood the test of time, has it? Mm-mm. Uh, would you like to know the fifth best game of 1993? Would love to. Uh, I think you've probably heard of this one. Star Fox. Nope. Don't know for the Super Nintendo. Star Fox uh, came out on the Super Nintendo, 1993, obviously. Was getting a sequel on the Super Nintendo that was going to come out, got delayed slightly, then the N64 came out, so they actually just shit canned the Super Nintendo version and did Star Fox 64 because all N64 consoles always had to have 64 on the title for some reason and then they might have just ignored it for a while but then there was, the most recent one I think was on the Wii U uh, if I'm right but uh, I knew the the main character Fox McCloud from the Smash Brothers games right uh, which uh, when I had a GameCube I played Smash Brothers quite a lot and Fox was on that uh, so uh, Star Fox is an arcade action rail shooter and third person action adventure game uh, created by Shigeru Miyamoto uh, while produced and published by video game company Nintendo. You are flying ace Fox McCloud who with his trusted wingmen and his powerful R-wing starfighter must rid the Lilith system of the evil that surrounds it. Okay. That's kind of it. What's a rail kind of shooter? Um, so it's something where you don't control, you don't have full control over where you're flying. So when he's in the R wing, um, so you're flying forwards and you can't control anything other than your lateral left to right or up right, and down so within it's the screen driving movement. Driving itself, basically. You yes. Just look to the side, right, fair. Yes. Okay. Um, so you wouldn't be able to turn around and go in the opposite direction. Um, okay. Obviously, the, the, the games became a bit more dynamic as, as technology improved and stuff, but this was their way to uh, manage the resources. Yeah. If I remember rightly, it had very rudimentary uh, polygon graphics, which were like uh, a thing at the like before 3D was really 3D with like the N64 and the PlayStation, blah, blah, blah. The Super Nintendo um, had, uh, with this, had these kind of polygon shapes that made the ships look 3D. Um, Okay. Was, I mean, even looking at it now, it's kind of cool. So you you haven't heard of Star Fox though. Uh, Star Fox is definitely, as I've said, uh, it lasted good. lasted time. Yeah, I think if you had a if you had a Nintendo, would you like some reviews? I'd love to. So the best review at the time uh, came from Entertainment Weekly, and they said uh, the first game to incorporate Nintendo's Super FX computer chip. This pseudo 3D space shooter moves so fast that it practically qualifies as virtual reality. Well then. Yeah. Unlike most games of the genre, though, Star Fox shows some heart behind the hardware. Rarely have such powerful spaceships been piloted by so adorable an array of frogs, birds, and bunnies. Aww, that sounds really cute. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's got aminals. It has. Would you like the worst review? I would love to. Uh, so this came from Playtime magazine, which is uh, a German publication. So this has gone through Google Translate. With the first 
FX chip game, the player experiences fast polygon flying that has never existed on consoles before. Fast graphics, a great feeling of flight, and lots of action await you. If you're not exactly a jump and runner fanatic, you should definitely take a seat in the cockpit of the Starwing. Aww. So, so even the worst reviews very complimentary. I mean, like none of the reviews for this game were well. This is a piece of shit. Like they were all. Yeah, I mean, when a game is, is good, a game is good. Yeah. So. Oh, that's really cute. So yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. if you're also someone is listening who likes these retro games, uh, maybe maybe this is a sign that you should give it a go. Well, would you like to know the fourth worst game? Oh, I would love to. We're back with the Amiga right now okay so the amiga uh, doesn't do very well okay yeah yeah yeah. with the huckleberry hound in hollywood capers and the question is have you ever heard of huckleberry hound uh no i've heard of huckleberry and finn no huckleberry hound was a hanna-barbera cartoon character i will do a quick goog is the huckleberry hound blue yeah yeah, okay, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. The black hat. On. I, I can't tell. I can't remember that I've seen the show. I, I bet Huckleberry Hound has a different name in Portuguese, though. Probably. Would you like to know what Huckleberry Hound in Hollywood Capers is all about? <laughs> sure. I mean, this isn't going to help you very much, but Huckleberry Hound in Hollywood Capers is a computer game. Cool. Released only in Europe in 1993 for MS DOS, the Commodore, Amiga, and the Atari ST. It was developed by Quex Development Limited and published by Alternative Software Limited. It was a reskin version of an earlier unrelated title, Dino Jr. in Canyon Capers, which was released only in America. Wow, that so probably, tells me it's nothing. It's not even a real game. game. No, it's. I mean, as as far as I could see from um, screenshots and stuff, it's uh, a, a, just a regular puzzle platformer. Mm. You just jump about and a bunch of things, picking up useless items and. Moving on with you. Cool, 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 cool. Moving on with they, but it's not even an original game. They just took an took another game and changed out the artwork for. And changed the name. Hound. Called it a different. Game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, reviews then, please. Uh, the best review uh, came from SD Action, so I guess they reviewed the Atari version. Uh, Huckleberry Hound is another of those titles you may not go out of your way to buy. If you do get around to buying it then you will enjoy what you get. Alternative, the developers, have some great ideas going. That's the best review. That is the best review that I... That <sighs> okay. Yeah. okay, what's the worst from, review? From, from from the time. Uh, the reverse, reverse review from uh, SD format, so it's probably, again, the Atari version. There's nothing remotely special about Huckleberry Hound. The graphics are simple, your tasks aren't original, the baddies aren't particularly bad or frightening, and worst of all, you don't really care whether or not to manage to find hucks, diamonds, or Oscars. Oh, wow. The only vaguely good thing about the game is that it's not ludicrously expensive for what it is. Get it only if you need to waste time and money. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> good God. That is yeah. brutal. <laughs> that is brutal. I feel like this yeah. is how I would write game reviews, though. Yeah, yeah, fair. Okay, if um, it's a, you need to know what you're gonna get with these reviews, because, like, with the review like that, I feel like if you ever read that about a PS3 game, you might go, "Oh, I'm gonna buy that because I want to see how awful it is." Oh god, if there was a Huckleberry Hound PS3 game, I would be all over that shit. Exactly. So, so you know exactly what you're going to get. I mean, before this, I couldn't name one Huckleberry Hound game, and after this episode, 
I'll have forgotten about this one and still be unable to name a Huckleberry Hound game. So yeah, that's yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah it sounds yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, would you like some positivity then? I would love some positivity. How about the fourth best game? All right. We are talking about the Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. Oh yeah, I mean I've heard some good stuff about this one. I mean Zelda Zelda games tend to tend to do really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Zelda has as a series definitely stood the test of time as yeah. people are ripping their hair out for Breath of the Wild 2 at the moment <laughs> that is Just, very true yeah and uh, again our friend Lucy has found uh, got got herself that golden poo in uh, in the Breath of the Wild and she was very happy with it. <laughs> it's about the little things she, in life yeah she she did put a lot of work into getting that golden poo and I, we're proud of her uh, would you like to know a bit more about Link's Awakening. Uh, yes, please. It is the first installment of the Legend of Zelda series for a handheld game console. Link's Awakening is one of the few Zelda games not to take place in the land of Hyrule, and it does not feature Princess Zelda or the Triforce Relic. Instead, the protagonist Link begins the game stranded on Koholint Island, a place guarded by a whale-like deity called the Windfish. Assuming the role of Link, the player fights monsters and solves puzzles while searching for eight musical instruments that will awaken the sleeping windfish and allow him to escape from the island. This, uh, very recently, actually got fully remade for the Switch. Oh, um, with, okay. With, uh, a, like, a incredibly faithfully redone, but they uh, just completely modernised the, the, the graphics. It looks gorgeous. I was watching um, Outside Extra, uh, did a gameplay series of it before COVID, and then uh, they finished it off during COVID when they were able to. Um, just looks d delightful. It's a, one of those game. games that I've always had a curiosity to play, um, and I've never really owned a console that supports it. But yeah, it just it's one of those games that always has great reviews and people always rave about it. Uh, but I've never I've never played it. Would you like the best review? Yes, please. This came from Playtime, a German magazine. So again, Google translated. You can tell Zelda uses up over twice the memory as other Game Boy games. Nintendo squeezed an incredibly dense story and many puzzles with the best Zelda atmosphere into the Game Boy. In addition, the screen text is completely in German. The controls are correct and the graphics are painted in great detail. Zelda is by far the best game on the Game Boy. At least for fans of in-depth adventures. Wow, that was there you go. That was a good, a goodly translation. Yeah, screen text is completely in German. Very, very good. Yeah, this is uh, actually a complete translation rather than having captions or things like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, would you like the worst review? Absolutely, always. Came came from High Score Magazine, which is a Swedish publication. The limitations of the Game Boy screen have been well rounded. You can also save games on file in the game cassette, of course, easily. <laughs> Unfortunately, you cannot connect two Game Boys and solve the adventure with one. Clearly fun and addictive. What? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that literally says nothing. Those are just <laughs> words strung together for me. That means, um, that means absolutely no nothing. So I think the gist of it is that uh, it's a brilliant game, but obviously like the Game Boy looked like the Game Boy, so when compared to maybe the Game Gear or the full SNES or NES versions of a, a Zelda game. It doesn't look as great. It's positively saying that uh, the 
Gamecart has a save memory on it, so you can save the game as you go along, so you don't have to play it all in one go. Right, okay. Uh, and then it's complaining that you can't connect two Game Boys together with the Game Link cable and multiplayer it together with a friend. I mean, not, again, that's like, not a review about the game, which is, uh, no. I guess, uh, not a positive thing because the game is great, and I guess they're just talking about I mean, the how yeah, like, they can play it. I mean, their their complaints is that it doesn't doesn't look great, and you can't play it with someone else. Uh, yeah. But again, like like the other best games, it had a very good review. So Zelda, you have heard of. Would you like to know the third worst game of 1993? <laughs> yes. It's uh, it's Battleship for the Nintendo, for the original Nintendo Entertainment ah, System. Battleship is in, like, the thing they used to play on it, like, uh, the actual game, the little board yes. game thing, yeah. Yes, okay, it, it, in my in my notes for what the, describing the game, I, I just wrote, look, it's bloody Battleship on, on NES, <laughs> what more can be said? Fair, so you, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think I um, owned a little briefcase looking thing that when you opened it had Battleship inside. I must, might have yeah. played it twice and then I was bored as a kid and left it. Uh, I, Battleship is good if you have someone good to play against. Yeah, yeah. I think um, maybe like I didn't have can, the right people. can make it quite competitive. The best and worst review from 1993 itself are actually the same review. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... Um, I pulled a good review uh, from a review that was done in 2005, so over 20 years later. So this is a retrospective one, but just just for balance. Uh, and this was by a website called Game Freaks 365. Battleship was a total waste of a license and atrocious on so many levels it's not even worth discussing further. If you're lonely and looking to play Battleship with a worthless computer, go ahead. Otherwise, this isn't really a reason to own this game hell even if you're a collector it's a stretch to say you should it doesn't ha even have rarity factor going on it's just bad all over a real disappointment and shocking in certain regards oh my gosh that is awful that is so bad <laughs> and that's the best review oh my god that is, oh. that is actually horrendous oh my goodness yeah. Uh, okay, so what is the what's the worst review if this is the best okay. one you could find? This is from Total Magazine, which is a German publication, so translated. What? You prefer to play this game against a human partner, if at all, because it's easier to insult them? <laughs> well, well, also an argument. And considering how many pads of graph paper the money can buy, or just one pad in a more interesting game, there's something about that too. <laughs> so yeah, the ge this German exciting. magazine just... Just about, just told you just to buy paper instead of this game. <laughs> That's um, yeah. That is, that is a very trashy game. <laughs> that I remember but, not because it stood the test, the test of time, but um, because I actually owned a yeah. physical version, like a non-console version of it. That's entirely um, the point. Like, yeah. and that's what that's, that all these reviews of. Like, why would you play this version against yeah, a computer sense. AI when you can actually have friends? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, so weird. Well, next. Uh, the third best game. Uh, hopefully, you might remember this one. You should remember this game because this has come up before in a podcast. The third best game of 1993 was Gabriel Knight's Sins of the Father. I remember talking about it. But I yes. don't remember in what context. It's a it's a point and click game. 
it is a point and click game. This okay. came up in our point and click off. Mm. Okay. Yeah. This was one of the oh, yeah, this was one mean, of the options. It must be a good game because you had it on your on yeah. this on this competition you had. What's, yes. uh, Although what's the game I, about? I, d I did say at the time when uh, when we did that episode that uh, this is the only of one of the Gabriel Knight trilogy that I've never actually finished. Right. Uh, and but that was more me at the time. Again, I was eleven when this came out, and it's quite it gets quite complex. The story of Gabriel Knight. The game's story focuses on Gabriel Knight, a struggling novelist and owner of a rare bookstore in New Orleans, who opts to research a recent spate of murders around the city that have a connection to voodoo. In the process, he is slowly revealed to be a descendant of a German family who are involved in combating people who use supernatural forces, and discovers a link between the killing and his family's past. Oh, okay. I do feel like you may only remember Gabriel Knight because I've talked about it. Uh, yeah, I not don't. Necessarily because I don't. I didn't know anything about it. Even when you spoke about it in the point and click adventure episode, it was you know I didn't even look it up what it looked like, so I've got no reference for it really. Um, so should we get to the reviews? Uh, yes, please. Right, the best review came from PC Joker, which is a German publication um although i did put in my notes that this hardly feels like praise okay <laughs> the similarities with laura bow 2 i'll come back to that uh, also extend to the musically speaking accompanied graphics the collectible content of which is often difficult to discover due to its tiny size impatient natures should also be annoyed by the rather lengthy conversations especially since the story is relatively slow at first and is peppered with sometimes extremely difficult puzzles However, the running recorder makes a lot easier, and the control can only be criticised for the fact that icon bar is almost a bit too overcrowded with functions. If you value English language output, you can get the CD edition, which will hopefully be available by now. If you want to experience the voodoo magic in German, you should wait for the translated disc version. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's, so, uh, it, it, you're right, it doesn't really feel like a praise... No. So lengthy conversations, really I mean, they, extremely they, difficult puzzles, tiny size, <laughs> impatient they, natures. The, yeah, the, the, the lengthy conversations, the last time I actually went back to try and play this game and actually complete it was the thing that stopped me carrying on. Uh, like, I had forgotten from my childhood, like, just how long the conversations are. Like, you played, you've, you've played a bunch of point and clicks that I've suggested to you, like Broken Sword and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can get through conversations pretty quickly. Like, you'll ask a question, they'll give you maybe one or two line response. Yeah. And, and then anything you get else to is move a cutscene. Yeah, and then you get to move on with your next question. Like, Gabriel Knight, people will be talking for like five minutes and you'll be like, oh my god, I don't want to click the next button because then they'll just start talking again. Oh, and that's quite difficult. That's a shame. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, the some of the difficult puzzles were definitely part of the reason why I never finished it as a uh, as a kid. No, you haven't played Day of the Tentacle or any of those games yet, but you see me play yeah. uh, that and Monkey Island. So we played, when I played Monkey Island 2, I did it with the original graphics and it had all the uh, verb bars at the bottom. And then when we did Sam and Max, it was just the icon yeah. that I would click through to a different thing. So Sierra Games had this um, bar at the at the bottom that had all the icons a bit like Sam and Max but it was a little less clear what everything did it's a bit weird what was the other thing that they said uh, they're talking um, about the Laura Bow too oh yeah um, 
Dagger of Amun Ra, I think the subtitle of Loroboto was. Yeah, um, she was uh, an investigative journalist reporter, uh, came to report on a museum opening, I believe, if I remember rightly. And then there was a murder in the uh, museum, and then she goes off to solve it. It's a very Agatha Christie. Okay. Um, I never, I never finished it that, but not through my own fault. The game glitched, oh. uh, and there's a there's a bit where you discover uh, a man in uh, just in, uh, lying in some coals, like unconscious, and you're like, oh, this is mysterious. How's this man that I've been speaking to around the museum now? just lying on this pile of coal in the basement unconscious and you're supposed to use smelling salts to wake him up and every time I did it the game just froze oh that's and a shame so, yeah and it's right at the end of the game because I've looked up uh, guides and stuff since and it's literally right at the end of the game so yeah I never actually saw how that game finished but yeah I've, I spoke on the on the podcast on the point and click one that uh, Sierra Games were renowned for their brutality and um, difficult puzzles and just their yeah, willingness yeah. to kill you at the Slightest thing, but uh, yeah, I you know, uh, Gabriel Knight was uh, was a, a very mature, dark mystery. It it was really well written, but yeah, just you know, times have changed with what people expect from games, I guess. Well then, do you want to hear the wor- the worst review? <laughs> I was gonna say we're still missing I mean, one review that I need to, I need to hear. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it is it's, it's not great for the third best game of. <laughs> 1993. So the worst review came from a PC player, um, which is also a German magazine. I did tell you in that point and click episode that point and click games are very popular in Germany. Yeah. Um, so they said, a poorly designed adventure that only achieves mediocre regions in the overall rating due to the halfway original story, quality graphics, and a stately uh, and the stately complexity. Uh, the playful nasties in uh, Gabriel Knight can only be explained with the nasty voodoo curse. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think the other thing, and Gabriel Knight 3 did this a little bit, but not to the extent that I found it ir- as irritating as the first one. Um, I, actually, a lot of Sierra games did this. Like, things have on a clock, so you have to do certain things before 9pm right. for, okay. for the game to happen. Like, And there's a lot of Sierra games don't tell you certain things, so you can get super fire into a game and then only to discover that you should have picked something up at the beginning of the game you don't have it and therefore you know get fucked you're done so you can't just um, go back and pick it up nope nope there oh. was a bunch yeah there's a bunch of games that they did that nope no 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 that's not good <laughs> that's not good what's no that's no. the thing like e- even at the time people were like this like that's why LucasArts games are how they are because like, they were like this is bad design where you're punishing people for their ignorance um, and you haven't told them anything, no. and they can't go back. That's really no. Yeah, it's it's not great design. Um, so yeah, it's why Lucas it's letting games people are very... move on with the story without a really important piece of information yeah. or object for the story. Yeah, I mean, if you think back to Day of the Tentacle, when I was just picking up things willy nilly. Yeah. And I at the time was like, okay, this needs to go here because you know in an hour's time this will be relevant but that's how it should be you should just got a bunch of stuff and then eventually like oh that's why i've been carrying this shit around with me yeah um, yeah yeah but yes gabriel knight 3 i don't think we've sold anyone on that and you only know it because of me <laughs> are you ready for the second worst game i am ready second worst game of 1993 terminator 2 judgment day oh chess wars what chess wars in chess <laughs> 
I'm going to read the description. A chess game developed by Intracorp and published by Capstone Software for DOS in 1993. Characters from Terminator 2 Judgment Day act as chess pieces. Oh, God. White is the human side, with the T-800 as king, Sarah Connor as queen, two John Connors as bishops, two Miles Dysons as knights, and soldiers in green uniforms as rooks and pawns. Black is the machine side. Grey coloured robots with metal skeletons without the T-1000. The pieces are not taken on the chessboard, but in futuristic battlefield settings resembling the scenes of the man versus machines war from the movie. The, the player can choose from several game types and difficulty settings. The game rates the player in accordance with the United States Chess Federation scale. What the f... That's so random. I mean, that is, I, and, and, you know when it to, just looks like somebody went through a great deal of effort to create something that's just so irrelevant. Um, that sounds so yes, boring. yeah. I I had never heard of this game. I mean, Terminator Two has definitely stood the test of time. Yeah, um, uh, you know what this game is. To... You know what this game is. Yeah. If we made a podcast episode, um, going, if we had to mix a film with a board game. Uh, mm-hmm. what would it look like? This would be our kind of imaginary version yeah. of what it yes. would look like if he mixed chess with Terminator 2. Oh, and we would laugh our socks off. Yeah, at how because funny this would, be, would yeah, be. It'd be hilarious, <laughs> you know, to have like, uh, you know, uh, John Connors as bishops and, you know, that just, yeah, that sounds like the sort of shit we would do for fun to make it terrible, um, except people would have spent money on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what, what's, what's the review saying for this? Okay, would you like the best review? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, this is from Wiz Magazine yeah. uh, and translated from Hebrew. Worth the price? For those who really like chess or for those who have covered it, does not allow buying a better city. What's a city? I have no idea. I tried to look it up, but uh, yeah. it seems to be it seems to be a name right, mostly. Okay. Um, I assume it would translate into something like video game or game or something right. like that seems to be within context it would be like for those who really like chess or for those who have covered it it doesn't not allow for buying a better game oh i wonder no. cd is a cd like a cd oh maybe who knows anyway. it was a P- anyway, PC game but yeah I, I, like we're so more interested not, in the language than we are yeah in the game so not good uh, i mean um, that first question answers it all doesn't it though worth the yeah. price Ooh. what's the worst review? Uh, this is from uh, ASM magazine, which stands for Actuale Software Markt, which is another German magazine. I refrain from going into any other intricacies of the game because there are no intricacies. <laughs> Even the menu was carried over from its predecessors. The game idea isn't new! Anyway, because the already mentioned Battle Chess offers action packed women's fights, not what you're thinking now. <laughs> actually wrote that uh besides terminator 2 has long since been eaten (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if you then take as a basis that terminator 2 chess wars should cost a whopping 130 (gasps) bucks which is totally inflated compared to other much better games there can only be one verdict for this part the death penalty (laughs) Alright, calm down, Germany. Um, I assume what it means by Terminator 2 has long since been eaten is, you know, this this game came out two years after the movie, so it's not like it was uh, h- hitting Terminator 2 at peak 
Terminator yeah, yeah, 2's yeah. just come out. Oh um, my goodness. 130? Yeah. D- no, that's too much yeah. money. That's what you yeah. pay for a collector's edition of some sort. Yeah. Well. So, it, yeah, it sounds much like um, the Huckleberry Hound thing, from what I understand, is uh, this, this company that made chess games made this one and then just put some Terminator 2 stuff on it. I'm just like, hey, Here's made game. new games. Terminator 2. <sighs> and then they sat back and waited for the money to roll in and were like, people will be talking about this in 30 years. And and here we are. And here we yeah. are. Um, yeah. And in swiftly, we shall move on because, bloody hell. Okay. <laughs> Second best game, Viv. Mm-hmm. You ready? Yeah. Super Mario All-Stars oh. for the Super Nintendo. Oh, yay. Yeah, that's a great soundtrack. Yes. So, Super Mario All-Stars is a 1993 compilation of platform games for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. It contains remakes of Nintendo's four Super Mario games released for the Nintendo Entertainment System and the Famicom Disk System. So that's Super Mario Brothers from 1985, Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels from 1986, Super Mario Brothers 2 from 1988, and Super Mario Brothers 3 from 1988. As in the original games, players control the Italian plumber Mario and his brother Luigi through the themed worlds, collecting power-ups, avoiding obstacles, and finding secrets. The remakes feature updated graphics, including the addition of parallax scrolling and music, modified game physics, and bug fixes. Oh... Oh, this this is something that I would play for sure. Yeah. So, Super Mario Brothers 3 came out in 88. This came out in 93. So, what, that's five years? Um, that's how much it's we- it's Yes, but it's weird how um, remakes of games now are like this real... Like, people get very angry about re-releases and remakes of games. Like, th- there's still like a... a, a, a group of people with the Last of Us Part 1 reveal that are like that game's not even 10 years old why are you, what are you making that for? Right, yeah. You know, and like this shit's been going on since the 80s. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not a new thing. It's not a new thing. And this is literally just the original games stuck on stuck on for, for the next system because you know, systems didn't used to be back, backwards compatible a thing that we now demand. Yeah, that's true. Because, you know, they just Nintendo just released the Super Nintendo and went, let's play different games deal with it so people did well, and I, find, I find it really weird that people get angry about remakes now because when you know when you play the remake they're just so much better that uh, generally mostly, speaking yeah but also like the thing is like this sort of harkens to what I said to you when you got the PlayStation I was talking about PS Plus and I was like there's going to be games in a month that you don't care about but somebody somewhere is fucking excited about it yeah that are thrilled about those games and the thing you've got to remember is that whilst we the last of us came out 10 years ago or almost 10 years ago and we were excited about it and have played it there are going to be kids who are like 14 15 now who were three or four at the time who couldn't play it and this will be their version of it and i think yeah. you know i think people should be able to like the new version will be the, the exciting for them and yes, and like, it's like they a could revamp, still play... a rebirth yeah. of a game that you know people it shouldn't just die. Like it took so much time and time and money and team effort to make it happen, yeah. and it should be remade. But also, I just find it weird because it doesn't. Someone remastering a version does not negate your right yeah. to play the old copy. Just play the old copy. Yeah, yeah. If you don't, if you don't want the new one, don't. 
don't buy it. Like you know, like the the Last of Us, the first Last of Us getting remastered again. <laughs> I don't care. I will. St- I mean, I'm a big fan, so I will buy it. But if you don't also don't care about it, you can always buy the older versions and play that. Yeah. I don't really understand why people get angry about it. Anyway, yeah. reviews. Yes, best review came from Total Magazine, uh, which uh, we have talked about before as a German publication. publication. When first examining Super Mario All-Stars, the Nintendo module, which basically only exists as old games, the slightly greying gentlemen of the video game guard usually have their jaws hanging just over the never-ending ecstasy belly button. That's a, a fucking sentence. <laughs> I'm sure that's After what they all, Yes, after all, some of the widely recognised best jump and runs ever programmed reside on this cartridge. First impression, a dream has come true. If you own this module, you won't need to buy anything else for the rest of your life! <laughs> good, good, good hyperbole uh, there, Total Magazine. Um, yeah, I mean, even even back in 93, the people are talking about how people that played them in uh, in the 80s, like... How dare you just put these old games onto a cartridge? Blah, 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 blah. Look at my never-ending ecstasy belly button. Blah, 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 blah. Um, whereas they're just like, you know, these are good games. Fucking enjoy them. Yeah. So have, uh, hours and hours of gameplay. Yeah, so it's interesting that, that the same arguments existed then as well. well because weird. people existed then. That is true. Would you like to hear the worst review? Mm-hmm. Comes from Edge magazine. In all, though, a great cartridge, worth buying just for the two classic Mario games. There is a one bad thing about it. If the best cart around is a compilation of old 8-bit games, it does not say much for the standard of new games, does it? And again, an argument that's currently been made these days with remasters, when you're like, wow, when the when the best game at the moment is a remaster of an old game. What does that, what does that say about games they're making at the moment? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. Yeah. I mean, considering, yeah. again, one more, how many certain games get remade over and over again like you know Last of Us is doing it but even more so than that like Lara Croft and things like that games that just get remade over and over again and they're still better games than some of the stuff that is put out in that year that people have thought of and spent money of and have more resources um, and freedom to create something good that does say a lot about the standard of, of you know people who make games yeah Right, should we get to the yeah top and bottom of this pile? Would <laughs> yeah, you would you like to know? Would you like to know the worst game yep. of 1993? It was Cool World for the NES. Okay. Based on the 1992 movie that uh, did star Brad Pitt. So, okay. Yeah, uh, a um, real real actor cartoon hybrid thing. If you think sort of. Um, Roger Rabbit. I don't think I've actually ever seen Cool World. I assume you've never heard of it. Nope. Nope. Fair. The players control Frank Harris, the chief of the Cool World Police Department. He must prevent the Doodles, evil cartoons, from stealing items from the real world and sending them to various locations in the cartoonish Cool World. Any items that have already been sent to the Cool World must be returned to the real world. If too many Doodles are in the real world, or too many items from the real world have been sent to Cool World, a danger meter increases, indicating an imbalance between the real world and the cool world. Players must keep a balance in each level for five minutes, otherwise Frank's assistant nails the spider, inform the players that he blew it. God, that was the most convoluted piece of copy for a game. Just like I, 
I said a real world and cool world far too much doing that, and I didn't like it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they said too much cool world and doodle and and yeah. the, the in between, and then they lost me at the you have to balance it for five minutes. I'm done. What's the best review? Yeah. <laughs> best review? You'll like this. It comes from Pro Games, which is a Portuguese publication uh, yeah. magazine. Okay. Yeah, and they said very quiet, but the music cheers up a little. If you don't have the patience, learn to have it because the game demands a lot. It's hair pulling. <laughs> okay, that's really great. <laughs> Thank you, Portugal. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that. The, um, I think that was also the um, worst review. So the the worst review I found uh, was actually from two thousand and five. Okay. Uh, from a website I've never heard of called GameCola.net. Okay. And it simply reads this. My time is very valuable to me. <laughs> Sorry, that's, this already sounds like something I would be writing if I was yeah. writing a, a review. I mean, I mean, I think you wrote this. Okay. And often, I find that I dislike a game for keeping me occupied for long stretches of time. Thankfully, I only had to dedicate several minutes of my life to get enough sense of Cool World to write a review of it. In fact, it was such an orgasmically enlightening gaming experience that I no longer have even the remotest inkling of desire to expend any more of my precious time with the game. <laughs> my gosh, this is really something I would write, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this is so great. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I love that it it was it was an, an an orgasmically enlightening gaming experience. Yeah. That's really great. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I think wow, it's just... I think it's just another another platform jumping about collecting bullshit thing. I d- as I say, I haven't watched films, so I don't know how this relates to the film story. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe 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 we uh maybe we somehow watch some sort of playthrough of this and watch the 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 film as well and see if yeah we, do. we can do that for a yeah for one of our film club yeah film yeah. club episodes. Yeah. Are you ready for the best game of 1993? So ready. And I saw this and my heart leapt with joy. Oh, the best be game of, of 1993 was Day of the Tentacle. Yeah, it was. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. It is a very good um, game. For for anyone that doesn't know, shame on you. Day of the Tentacle is a 1993 graphic adventure game developed and published by LucasArts. It is a sequel to the 1987 game Maniac Mansion. The plot follows Bernard Bernoulli and his friends Hoagie and Laverne as they attempt to stop the evil Purple Tentacle, a sentient disembodied tentacle, from taking over the world. The player takes control of the trio and solves puzzles while using time travel to explore different periods of history. Oh, this was a really good game. I really enjoyed watching yeah. you play this. Actually, you have bought a version for it on PS4. Yay! Which I should play. Yay. It was a very good game. We've talked a lot about this game in podcasts and streams. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know about it, then then real shame on you. So there's actually going to be three reviews for this. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because one of them's fucking weird. Okay. Uh, so I'll go best, weird, worst. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, best review comes from High School Magazine uh, from Sweden. Day of the Tentacle may not be as big as Monkey Island 2, but the problems cause at least as much headache, and it will probably take a while for even the most avid adventurers to solve the game. No, I think that's by, true. I think by problems they mean puzzles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is, you know. Yeah, that's fair. It's very good, good. Like, you got to imagine, you got to remember that point-and-click point adventures like this were huge I- at the time. So, you know, they don't need to explain what games are. So if you're saying, if you're comparing it to the previous best game ever made, 
and then just saying that the puzzles are difficult and it'll take you a while, people will be like, I'll have some of that then. Yeah. Sounds good so to me. Wanna, do you want to hear the weirdest review? We'd love to. This is, again, from our friends at Wiz Magazine, so it's translated from Hebrew. And it simply see, it reads, Worth the money? Yes. Especially if you're a real psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> and I okay. don't know if that's the original intent or if that's a translation issue, but that's that's what it translates as. Okay. And I, I don't know what that means. In the, the previous review of th- that we've got in this particular episode, it also starts with a question. I feel like this is the formatting <laughs> of their reviews. Is worth yeah. the money? <laughs> I po- posit a question and then answer it in an offensive way. So there you go. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and would you like to know the worst review? Yeah. Uh, it's from Playtime magazine in Germany. In summary, one can say that the degree of difficulty is not too high. Almost every puzzle is sufficiently pointed out in the many dialogues. Often the player is rewarded with real comic sequences. As a special treat, every dialogue is accompanied by voice output in the beginning part, which puts the player in an almost euphoric initial mood. According to the manufacturer, a CD-ROM version is also in the works, in which everything will be spoken completely. With Day of the Tentacle, LucasArts sets a new milestone in the field of adventure absolutely recommendable oh that's really good um so i don't think we actually talked about this back in the point and click adventure thing um the game actually originally launched on a floppy disk yeah uh to those that are too young uh they look like the save icon in microsoft word and uh because of the data limitations on those discs the only the intro sequence when uh, ah. they're in the house before the okay uh, title sequence that was the only bit that was voiced the rest of the game was just reading. So I think I can't remember if I had the the disc version or if I waited for the CD version. Sam and Max was also the same. So the intro sequence up to the titles was also voiced and then is read afterwards. And I did have a floppy disc version of Sam and Max and then bought the CD version later so that it could be voiced throughout. But yeah, uh, we're really spoiled yeah. now, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Really, really uh, so spoiled. yes, that that was your best and worst games of of nineteen ninety three. Well, thank you very much for that. That was really great. Andrew. Yes, hello. Uh, have you brought anything to the table that you are looking forward to? Um, well, I have a feeling both... some of some of our things are going to cross over. Props. We're both we're both looking forward to. It. I'm just going to I'm going to go with that. Uh, I'm going to speak for both of us. Here. Yeah. We're both looking forward to the. Resident Evil Village DLC. Yes. That that is coming out in October, I think they said, didn't they? Uh, I yes. Feel like, I feel like it was October twenty eighth. Twenty fourth. No, twenty eighth. One Hang of on. those. Oct- October the twenty. Twenty eighth. Twenty twenty eighth. There we go. Yes. So we're excited about that. Uh, telling Rose's story after the uh, final cutscene of Village. It's going to be in third person, which yeah. is which is interesting. Um, yeah, we just we want more village. We um, want more village. We're ready. So we're very excited about that. And then on the back of that, also the final reveal of Resident Evil Four. Oh God, That's I can't wait remake. to be able to play that game. Um, which is out in I want to say March twenty third, something like that. Uh, it is out on March twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. There we go. Four days um, before my birthday. Yay! Hint, hint. And. <laughs> Somebody wanting Resi for their birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, so uh, we've spoken quite a lot about uh, 
Resident Evil 4 and its appalling control system. So we are looking forward to the remake, which will have the control systems of the recent two and three remakes that we that are just modern and uh, we can get our heads around. And so yeah, we're looking forward to getting some of that. I guess there's Please. also uh, what the game we mentioned earlier, Metal Hellsinger, uh, mm -hmm. which will be out on the 13th of September. Um, and yeah, that's I think that's what I'm looking forward to. Is there anything else? Um, coming out of the Summer Game Fest, uh, I think the one that's really stuck in my mind is the Plucky Squire. Uh, I showed you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trailer of starts in a a, a doodle in a notebook doing some fighting in a very um, the fighting seems very similar to something like um, Cat Quest, yeah, like that kind of that kind of combat punch. Dodge, punch, dodge, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then the the character, the little plucky squire, comes out of the book and is in the real world, and it's like 3D graphics, and he can go into uh, all sorts of art things around around a, um, this kid's room. Yeah, and it just looks lovely. Yeah, it's really and great. It. And the, when it's in the book and stuff, it also reminds me a little bit of the pedestrian. Yeah. As well. It's really, it looks really yeah. cute, actually. I'm also uh, interested to see yes. what that's like when it comes out. Yeah. Thank you for listening, you delightful little squishies, you. And we appreciate it very much. If you would like, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter on at Game with Squishy. If you'd like to support us, you can make a donation for as little as the price of a cup of coffee on our Ko-fi page. And that's ko-fi.com slash the squishy stream. Please join us on our Discord to chat about the show and for some supplemental information from each episode. We'll post trailers for the games that we've mentioned today, if available, soon. If you would like to check that out, come and join us. And if you'd like to ask a question for the surprise question, you can do so on our Discord or by using the hashtag AskASquishy on Twitter. Seen any weird gaming news? Put a link in the Discord and we'd love to see it. We can chat about it in a future episode. Thank you again for listening with thank your ears. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Squishies. Bye. Bye. Squishy it.